0: Oh, there you are. Hello. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm actually a little tired today. Are you? Just a little, but that's all right.
0: Mm. Well, that's okay, because I'm going to pep you up with this amazing story. Oh, geez, I forgot we're doing part, part two. two. Yes, of this
1: heartwarming story. I don't know why you keep saying things are heartwarming.
0: <laughs> you know they're not. Because I don't want to scare... People away too easily but at this point People already know that nothing we do Is heartwarming nothing you do is Heartwarming (laughs) Oh yeah like
1: all the stories
0: You pick are normal okay
1: but I Only hear comments about you
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well I Can't help it I like I like the like The horror the More how do you say it god I'm such a fucking wordsmith (laughs) The worse the story is, the more I like can't get enough of well, it. They're, I love I, it.
1: They're just so intriguing. Yes, yeah. they are. But anyway, I mean, we've been anyway. chatting for a minute. Welcome back, everybody.
0: Yeah. Welcome. This is part two of Josef Fritzl. So if you haven't listened to part one, I would go back and listen to part one so you can get more information because we're gonna dive deep into part two and it's a doozy into the heart of the awfulness because and yes (laughs) yes this I mean it starts off awful and it ends awful well not too awful I would say there's some light at the end of this tunnel okay so so that's a little
1: that's a little we'll see what you consider light
0: a little light
1: nugget for you yeah, but um, actually, speaking of now, is a good time to go ahead and throw out that trigger warning. Yes.:
0: Yes, we're gonna we're gonna get into a lot of child abuse, child sexual abuse, all of all of the abuse, unfortunately, because I think this guy really did commit every single abuse you could commit to onto another human being. Well, let's let's get into it. Yeah. All right. So um by the way, I'm cat. <laughs> did we skip that far? Or did do they We're need just to know? Going. I think they I think they, they know. already know. <laughs> okay, here we they go. They listened to oh, part one right before part two. Yeah. <laughs> that's crystal, by the way. Hi. Okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Part two. So just a little recap for you. Um remember this all starts off with a simple favor. Um, this is on August 28th, 1984. Yosef asked Elizabeth, his 18-year-old daughter, to help him carry a door down to their basement. of their, It's like, it's, I would describe it as a duplex, um, this building. We're going to actually have pictures on our Instagram and Facebook when, um, when you listen to this. So when you look at the apartment, it looks like a duplex. That's how I would describe it now. And he had been for the... Last seven years prior to this had been working on extending the basement below. And so Rosemary, his wife, knew what he was doing down there. All the kids knew because he had been spending a lot of time working down there in the basement um, of their family duplex. To be fair, though, yeah, they didn't know
1: what he was doing.
0: Oh, no, you're going to find out soup really fast. They didn't know what he was doing. And even well after for the next two decades after that, like no one had gone down there. Nobody. He would go down there all the time. But Rosemary, Rosemary, his wife, never ventured down there because she knew that she wasn't allowed. So, um... 1984, August 28th, he asks Elizabeth, his 18-year-old daughter, who, if you remember from part one, is about to go off and start a new life in a different town uh, with her sister. Uh, He asks her to help her, help him take this, carry a door down to the basement so he can secure it. He says, Can you hold the frame? Asks her to kind of step inside while he secures the door. And that is when he takes an ether soaked towel to her mouth. She falls unconscious. He handcuffs her, closes the door behind him, trapping her in there. This is a 592 square foot underground bunker <laughs> that he has trapped her in. I'm sorry, but that's bigger than
1: what? my apartment. <laughs> Is it really?
0: Oh my gosh. So I have to tell you, when I was asking my husband, I'm like, can you just tell me what 592 square feet look like? And he's like, I would say that's like the living room and half of the dining room over here. And I was like, oh gosh, gosh, that's so small. How tragic. And then here you come. With your less than wow. wow i'm I'm just gonna rest with that thought for a yeah. second, so Elizabeth ends up being trapped in there for twenty four years twenty
1: four years I mean that's a really um, long time. I've been in this apartment for.
0: Five years, I think. Well, now, now imagine your father trapping you in there for 24 years and doing God-awful things to you. Yeah,
1: and I mean, at least I can open my doors. I don't think and she leave. can open her doors.
0: No, she never left. There was no sunlight down there. And I was going to say, this I is, have one window. Yeah, this is 24 years, people. So repeatedly and... Up to the point where she was averaging every three days, he would rape her for the next 24 years. Every three days or three
1: times a day?
0: Um, At one point, it was every every three days. When he got started, it was up to three times a day. So every three days, up to three times a day. It was calculated at the end that she was raped around 3,000 times by her own father. Yes, and, um, and after the 24 years, we find out that she, he has fathered seven children with her, his own daughter. I do want to say that um, when I get to the times of the story where the children are born, I really don't dwell much on what he did to the children he did do some things on the children but for right now i'm just focusing on what he did with elizabeth because that was most of the stuff that came out in trial i think um i think we already kind of can infer what happened to those children too Mm -hmm. um so for the first few years uh elizabeth was drugged and imprisoned in that chamber right she spent the first two days being handcuffed to a pole so once he had her unconscious when she woke up she was handcuffed to a pole and then after two days he moved her to a bed where he kept her hands tied with an iron chain behind her back and the chains were secured to metal posts that were behind the bed that he had moved her on
1: I wonder if he um, thought that was some kind of upgrade.
0: Uh,
1: I don't know that he thought it was some kind of upgrade. I think or I maybe he was thinking of his own he, comfort.
0: Oh, he planned this all out. And yeah, you'll find out in a second that his comfort had a lot to do with it, too. Okay. She could only move a half of meter to each side of the bed. Oh Wow. So it, it like didn't give her much wiggle room. Later, he made a leash out of electric cable so that he could put it around her oh. neck. To, and he claimed that this gave her more freedom. But it could only reach to the small bathroom in the corner of that room. Okay. So for the first six months, he kept her in that room only. She never saw other parts of the bunker yet. She... He, For six months, she was in that room. And then, around nine months, he removed the metal chain because it was hindering his sexual activity with her. Ew. Yeah. So, like I said, she was held prisoner in that same little cell where there was the bed and the little bathroom in the corner that she could go back and forth to after a couple of months when he, like, kind of... Beat her into submission, and she knew she was trapped. You know what
1: I'm kind of picturing here, honestly? Huh? Is um the big glass box from you? Oh, yes. That's honestly what I'm picturing with like the cot in the corner and the bucket to pee in, and
0: yeah. Mm hmm. This probably be. Oh, and, you know, on Instagram and Facebook, we'll have pictures of inside of the bunker because there's plenty of those. I'm going
1: to have to see. I haven't actually looked at any of these.
0: (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. So like I said before, she was raped by her father on average of three times a day and almost on average every three days, right up until the day she was freed. So, remember she was 24 there 24 years. years of that. Yeah. Yeah. He repeatedly would kick her and beat her, um, humiliating her with sexual abuse, forcing her to reenact porn scenes with him. He, he would come visit her daily and would bring leftovers that her mother had made in the apartment above her, but for the first couple of months he wouldn't talk to her. Like he was do. Yeah. So he wouldn't have conversations with her or explain to her what was happening. Like, cause she would continually ask, why are you doing this? What, why am I here? Like she, please let me go. And he, he wouldn't say a word to her. A lot of it was just like him physically moving her and positioning her to where he wanted her to be and what he wanted her to do. Basically until she stopped asking. Exactly. He would say to her, however, later when he started talking to her, if you do not do as I say, your treatment will get worse and you will not escape from the cellar anyway. So he was just kind of beating her down in her head. Too. Your treatment so, will get worse. Yeah. Your treatment will get worse. Like, like that is like, a massive understatement. I'm just, I'm just picturing an 18-year-old thinking, how could my treatment get worse than my own father trapping me in this bunker, repeatedly raping me over and over? How would this get any worse? Well, I'm more thinking
1: that his word choice is so inappropriate. Like, he's saying your treatment, like... He's not saying your abuse, your punishment. He's saying your treatment. He's like massively downplaying what he's doing.
0: Sometimes he would also punish Elizabeth by switching off all the power in the cellar for days so that she would be left alone in total darkness. Oh, and it was probably freezing
1: down there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So between 1988 and 1990, that's when Elizabeth began to have the children that she would give birth to Mm -hmm. without any medical help at all down in the cellar.
1: Oh, I didn't even think of that.
0: And you know, he probably didn't help her. No. Well, he helped with one child, um, but it wasn't a big help. And I'll tell you about that in a second. But the first child that she became pregnant with, um, her name was Kristen. The exact date of her birth is unknown. And then quickly after that, she had another baby, a boy named Stefan, and again, the date of that child is unknown. But they know that it was between 1988 and 1990 that Kristen and Stefan were and
1: born. And I'm guessing these children didn't survive? They did. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. Okay. No,
0: that's... All, all, so, in total, she became pregnant with seven children. Six of them survived. Okay. May 19th of 1993, nine-month-old baby, Lisa was discovered on the doorstep of the family home. She was neatly swaddled with a letter from Elizabeth, telling her mom basically, I can't care for this child, please take care of it. And Rosemarie, and I, in my notes, I call him monster because that way is what he is. Rosemarie and Yosef um, take this baby in as their own. So, I think I mentioned before that these babies would show up on the doorstep. Um, Joseph, coincidentally would be the one to find them always and bring them in to Rosemary and Rosemary would be like, what's this? And he's like, Oh my gosh, it's a baby. Look what I found. And then they would read the note and seeing that it was from Elizabeth, she would be like, Oh no, we have to take care of this child. So uh, baby Lisa was taken in in 1993 then in 1994 another baby was left on the doorstep. And this was another girl and it was again Lisa was dropped off at the doorstep around 9 months old. Baby Monica, the second baby was around 9 months old as well. Same letter from Elizabeth, same situation. Yosef discovered the baby on the doorstep, took coincidentally took it into Rosemary. Rosemary read the note. Took the baby in.
1: I mean, at this point, Elizabeth is just getting pregnant, like, back to back to back.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. And then I kept wondering, why wait till the baby was nine months old? So, she's she already has Kristen and um, Stefan down there with her.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, And then we have baby Lisa and baby Monica. But I'm thinking... Yosef wonder, at some point had to think this is too much like we I like now there's four babies down here that or I wonder if that's when they weaned that's a good question I don't know the fact that he even cares about that blows my mind
1: well it could be Elizabeth caring
0: about that that's true
1: that she could be convincing him because I mean maternal instincts she could be like oh well the baby is going to be healthier if you let me keep it until it's done breastfeeding. And what happens if it dies? How are you going to
0: get rid of a a dead child? Um, And unfortunately that happens next. Oh, in 1996, Elizabeth gives birth to twins. They're both boys. One dies shortly after birth because of respiratory distress that Uh clearly could have survived had they been in a hospital and someone took care of the baby. I also kind of guess that they were twins. I'm guessing they were also born early, so a little bit early, so maybe that had something to do with the respiratory distress that one of the twins was going through. Yeah, maybe. But um, one of the boys dies shortly after birth, and Fritzel one night takes it out of the cellar into the backyard and places it in an incinerator
1: just out in the open.
0: Yeah. There's a, there was an incinerator box in the back of the complex and, um, he just took the little bundle up there and put it in the incinerator. Okay. Yeah. Now the surviving twin around 15 months of age, so older than the other two that were left on the doorstep, are also, is also brought above to Rosemary. This little baby was named Alexander. He was taken in just like the previous two. And around this time, Fritzl decides to take a vacation to Thailand for four weeks. Now, okay. this is one of several trips that he took. He would gather food supplies and food rations for Elizabeth and like start collecting food prior to his trips and mm-hmm. then start building a little ration down below. So during this time, Elizabeth had to ration the food and keep the other two babies that were down there with her, keep them fed you know, take care of them, keep them safe. And he would come back four weeks later.
1: Do we know, did Elizabeth know how long she was expecting him to be gone?
0: I don't think Elizabeth knew how long she was expecting to be gone. But if you're asking that question to see if like she could try to escape, remember the main door to the cellar was electrical deadbolts. That there I was, was actually
1: thinking more from the food rationing standpoint.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: That if she didn't know how long it would be, can you imagine how terrifying that would get around oh, yeah. like the end of week two, week yeah. three, when you're like, we're running out of food yeah. and he still hasn't come back?
0: I know. And you know, Elizabeth, everything that I've read about Elizabeth and her life down there with her children, um, she tried really, really hard to give these kids a normal as normal of a life as she could. Now remember, she only had up to a high school education. She never attended much higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she would teach her the babies that were kept down below with her, the basic stuff that she knew, some of the pictures that you'll see inside the you know underground cellar that they were living in. There's actually children's pictures, like, drawn on the wall. Um, so and, like, you know, there's one. It's, like, on this tile wall, and it's, like, a sunshine and, like, a little octopus. And so she tried to give them a normal life, as normal as one can give when you're in an underground bunker. I mean, I don't think, obviously, the children probably were like, oh, this is, you know— This is this is what life is. This is how it is. They didn't know any different. Right. Right. So I don't I don't think it was as damaging to them as it is to Elizabeth. Right. So.
1: And do you know, have they turned this house into some kind of historical museum site?
0: No, not a historical museum um, site. So somebody else did purchase this uh, duplex Uh or complex whatever you want to call it they filled the cellar with cement so oh, and then they redid the whole inside of it yeah nobody wanted I guess that that ba- that bad energy from the from the which cellar. I completely
1: understand but yeah. I was also thinking of it from the standpoint of like the Anne Frank house oh yeah you can go and you can see the the attic
0: yeah I I think this would be more of like a a weird oddity to go look at like that. And
1: I can see it being like a a tourist spot, which is disgusting. Like the
0: hotel Cecil where, um, you know, like that. So anyways, yeah. Like I said, she tried to give the kids a normal life. Shockingly social services never questioned the appearance of the children with Rose, Rose Rosemary and Yosef like cuz remember again Joseph grew up in that town he is well respected in that town uh-huh. and um rosemary thinking you know uh well my my daughter left these children and and you know if you're if you take children in or foster care or whatever you get a certain amount of money right and so i think right, she Right but
1: i don't think they get that because these are they're not fostering these kids through the government this is
0: no, they kind of technically are known as um, fondlings. Is it fondling or foundling? I think it's foundling. Look up foundling. Mm-hmm. But there's even a movie called foundling. Um, but that's what they were categorized as when someone abandons a child and you take it in. And Even t- if it's family? Even if it's family. Yeah. Oh,
1: interesting. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So social services did know about these three babies. And they had no problem just letting Joseph and Rosemary take care of them. Man. So, and they never questioned it either. They weren't like, well, where's Elizabeth? And why, is, why are these children showing up on your doorstep? They yeah. were just like, oh, sweet. Good. She left them with you. Great. Take care of them. Oh,
1: that sucks.
0: Yeah. In 2003, a letter arrives from Elizabeth. And the letter simply... Just states that Elizabeth wanted to let her parents know that she had another son named Felix, and um, that she was doing fine. She just kind of wanted to say hi, thanks for taking care of my other kids. I have another son named Felix, and um, this son, obviously, since it what didn't show up on the doorstep, would stay down below with uh, with Kristen and Stefan. So, what is the point of that? I See, I don't know. Three were kept down below and raised and three were kept above and raised.
1: Well, I'm more thinking, why even tell them that Felix? uh, I wonder if maybe Yosef had some kind of favoritism towards Felix and thought maybe someday he would bring him upstairs and so announcing it early.
0: Or maybe Elizabeth never wanted the other three taken up in the first place. And she just wanted to protect them and keep them with her. Cause she doesn't know what's going on up there with her other three children. Right. She, all she knows is, and what she can control is what's going down below what she can control. I use that. I mean, like she can control any of right. this, but at least, you know, if, if Yosef is only coming down every three days, at least she has three days of some, some, sense of normalcy with her kids I don't know which is better
1: because she knows what it's like to grow up above ground which is like the normal way that children are supposed to grow up what kind of deficiencies are these children in the cell are getting because of the lack of sunlight oh and my gosh nutrition yeah
0: yeah well for one one of them Kristen gets very 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 ill and so that brings us to Saturday, April nineteenth, two thousand eight. Kristen, who is nineteen years old now. That and just lived her
1: entire life in, in the cell. Hole.
0: Yes. Nineteen years old, became very, very sick and quickly was critically ill. Elizabeth begs her father for three days to get some medical help some professional medical help for Kristen. And um, finally, for some unknown reason, he does. He takes Kristen out of the cellar and calls an ambulance. He claims that he has a note from Kristen's mom explaining her condition. He hasn't told anybody yet that Kristen is his child, right? He just says, this child is, is ill. I have a note from the mother explaining her condition, and because
1: he's such an upstanding member of the community, of course, he would be kind enough to take someone else's daughter to the hospital for them.
0: Exactly. And so after a few kind of eyebrow raises and like odd looks between the doctors and odd conversations with Joseph, he finally says, OK, um, that's actually Elizabeth's daughter. And. Remember Elizabeth is my daughter and I don't know what happened but she just this sick ch- she just left me with this sick child. Just showed up and is sick. So doctors are obviously like okay there's something up. This 19 year old is beyond sick. Right, but not just that a 19 year
1: old with zero identification, no paper trail at 19 years old.
0: No at this point, she is malnourished, and basically all of her teeth are rotting out of her oh mouth. Oh, my God. Yeah. So doctors were already like, mm, no, this, there's something wrong here. We need to talk to Elizabeth. And so Fritzl tells them, oh, I. we have no idea where Elizabeth is. She is off. Just we, we have no idea. She left us 24 years ago. Kristen is so sick. She falls into the the doctors. She doesn't fall into the doctors have to put her in a medically induced coma because they are just trying everything to get her organs to cooperate. I mean, she's just really sick. So finally, after that happens, the doctors call the police and the police issue. Yeah. An appeal uh, for Elizabeth. They're like, if anybody knows where Elizabeth Fritzel is, please let us know. We have her child. Her child is very sick. We need to talk to her because at this point they're thinking maybe Elizabeth is really sick too, or or what did Elizabeth do to her daughter? Yeah. To make her this sick, right? So around a, like I want to say four days later, around April 26, Fritzel Yosef is feeling the pressure to like. Produce Elizabeth, right? Because now it's gone to the police. There's an appeal put out. Everyone's looking for Elizabeth now. Like, you know, she needs to come home and tell us what's up with their sick kid. Okay, so how is he going to spin this? Exactly. And so I think that's why he waited a couple of days because he's like, okay, what do I do now? So at some point in the week, he suddenly, Elizabeth and the other two children from the cellar appear. And he tells Rosemary that Elizabeth has decided to come home. And so he takes her to the hospital, sort of to like turn her into the hospital and to the police with the other two children. Yeah. Elizabeth gets to the hospital and she immediately goes to see Kristen. And then the police are obviously already there and they start to question her. And now... Imagine you're down in a cellar for 24 years, right? Uh-huh. And you are finally out. You're not going to be that talkative probably. <laughs> you're just kind of, and she's brainwashed. Yeah. So the police are trying to ask her questions. She's kind of evasive with information. She doesn't know answers to certain questions like they're asking her you know, where have you been? How old are your children? What are their birth dates? Like once they, they're asking her questions and she can't really give information like her children's birth dates and, you know, where she's been, the the police are like, what is up with this chick, right? But they also notice that the two other children that reappeared with her are kind of in the same condition as Kristen is in but not as sick they both also look malnourished they both yeah. have rotting teeth as well they're so, on the same
1: trajectory yeah because they're not as old they're not as progressed
0: yeah so they're not even sure who's what is going on and then you have Josef Fritzl who's just standing in the background going yeah god this is weird I don't know what's happening and so then finally when one officer um kind of gains Elizabeth's trust you know, late like a couple of hours later, mm-hmm. she says, um, I will tell you everything as long as you promise I never have to be with my father again. Like, she begs them. I can't say anything to you right now, but if you can give me protection from my dad, then I will, I will tell you everything.
1: Can you imagine how terrified she must have been oh, telling them just that? I know. I know. And this just... This sounds so much Yeah. Like the same interview that happened with JC Dugard.
0: Yes, yeah. Remember when she they oh she didn't even she didn't even say that was her name first when when No, no, she gave yeah. a fake name. And yep. it
1: took them forever because I think the police at that point kinda of thought that's who yeah. she was. Uh-huh. And it took them hours for her to even be like I I need you to keep me safe. And um, this is my name. And Yeah.
0: Okay. So um, finally, the police are like, sure. So they arrest Yosef on April 26th. Elizabeth is now 42 years old. Oh, my God. Remember, she was down there when she was 18, 18. you guys. And now she is 42 years old. That is like... I'm a year younger than she was when I think of me at 18 and me now and everything that has happened in my life and being stuck in a, like a hole in the ground for all of that, that what the life she missed out on is heartbreaking. It it's awful. So she, once he's arrested, Elizabeth kind of feels like this weight is taking off her taken off her and she finally spills Everything She tells the police everything. So on Sunday, April 27th, they announced to the community that um, he's been arrested on suspicion of incest and abduction. Um, by the way, once he was arrested, there like when the police arrested him, he was referring to Elizabeth not as his daughter but as his second wife. You. He's like, no, that's my second wife, and they're like, dude, that's your daughter. Yeah, and he's like, no, that's my second wife. Illegal in Austria. He's like, like, no, I just had a secret family that that Rosemary didn't know about. No, that is is your daughter, you guys. Yeah, exactly. Like this guy. Yeah, I can't with him. So all the children were placed in the care of the government. And Elizabeth obviously was given medical and psychological treatment right away. Like, I mean, intense treatment. Uh huh. Beginning from when they finally took her away from that situation. Yosef gave the police the code to unbolt the door leading to the bunker. And that is when the police go down there and um, are horrified at finding this basement living space made up of what they describe tiny windowless chambers. So police who had gone down there to look at it originally were horrified to know that this woman was down there with her three children for 24 years, and it was kind of like a labyrinth of just little, no windows at all down there. All the children except for Kristen met for the first time. So the three above and the three that were kept down below met for the first time and they kind of were all reunited. And then Elizabeth also reunited with her mother for the first time um, during that time. And as you can imagine, that initial reunion was very bittersweet for both of them. And you'll hear more about that when I tell you later about rosemary um but on monday april 28th Fritzl finally confesses he signs a signed confession and he basically confesses to the to imprisonment for keeping elizabeth down there for 24 years and to fathering the seven children and he also admits that yeah one of the children is dead and i threw them in the incinerator they died at birth basically is what he was trying and to say. And was
1: it, was it this like flippant? Was it the same tone? Just,
0: yeah, this yeah, happened. Yeah. And, then,
1: uh, and so then, that happened.
0: Yosef never showed any remorse, anything like that this whole time.
1: I don't think he's capable.
0: of. He's remorse. not. He's a monster. He's not. He's not. I mean, who would do this? Who takes your daughter down to a bunker for 24 years and fathers seven children with her and rapes her 3000 times? Yeah, I don't know. Even if he had an ounce of remorse, I would take it and like shove it down his throat. Like there it nothing. You couldn't Cuz you know it wouldn't be real, it would just no, be for show. No. He's a monster. This is when you know monsters do exist and he's one of them. Um, on Tuesday, April 29th, police confirm that Yosef is the father of all the children through DNA. Um, Kristen is still in serious yet stable condition, and Elizabeth is with all of her children now. They're all trying to adjust, oh, um, and the, the village expressed their outrage and sympathy for the family with a candlelit show of support that night, like after it was confirmed that Fritzel was the father and they kind of wrapped their heads around the fact that one of their own in the community was hiding the secret for 24 years and, you know, how many people went into their home, how many people lived in that complex, how many people right. walked by and this and was those, happening. those
1: city officials who never checked on the permits.
0: Exactly. So um, the whole village was was trying to support elizabeth her children and rosemary too um
1: Good.
0: and just trying to like be a source of comfort for them um then suddenly on wednesday april 30th yosef stops talking he refuses to answer any more questions he just suddenly stops so but remember he signed that initial confession yeah. yes i i kidnapped my daughter yes i kept her imprisoned for 24 years yes i fathered all seven children and i killed one of them well not killed one of them but he disposed of he the body he disposed of, of a body of yes So Elizabeth and her children, at this point, they're all living together in a separate wing of a medical clinic. And they're being taken care of by multiple professionals, doctors, pediatricians, psychologists, hostage specialists, etc. They are under 24-hour supervision in this wing. And um, Elizabeth and the other children that were down below were they had to work really hard to get them used to light like natural light and sunlight because when you don't or you aren't exposed to uv and natural light that's really hard on your eyes so and
1: your skin yeah so for everything
0: for the first couple of days they had to keep like it was a special kind of of lights that they used in that in the rooms that the kids were in and kind of had to bring them outside and expose them in little chunks of time so that it just wasn't a big huge shock to their system mm-hmm. uh, I mean talk about sensory overload oh holy yeah. moly
1: like the world is so huge yeah. all of a sudden and yeah. oh that's so t- and then all these people coming in and out oh yeah like, you're not used to seeing anyone except for your mother and your... Your siblings. Weird your two siblings. father that yeah. comes down now and then? I mean,
0: could you even call him a father? Um, they actually... They were really sweet to Elizabeth and her children. They did a little improvised birthday party for one of the boys. One of the boys that was kept down below. Um, oh, that's cute. They did a little improvised birthday party, but it was said that, like... You know, everybody knew what a birthday party was, but those kids, right? They were kind of like, what? A cake? Like, balloons? Like, you know, it was just like. They're like,
1: um, Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Like, you guys are
1: weird. What are you doing? What's a birthday?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Not even, like, a party, but they're like what's a birthday
0: yeah yeah and i'm sure elizabeth tried to celebrate what she could and but i mean she has no concept of time down there can you imagine that you like like the concept of time has to go out the window when you're imprisoned like that yeah like uh, anyways austria's chancellor alfred gussenbauer um Once this all came out and it made national headlines and it made the news, he was really trying to protect the country's image. And he basically came out with this slogan, like, we won't allow the whole country to be held hostage by one man. And so basically, you know, people in Austria were afraid that other people were going to see Josef Fritzl as like a representative of what everyone in Austria is, right? Because... Austria doesn't have the best track record right so they went on this little kind of um what's that called when you were trying to protect your image uh
1: like a press tour
0: kind of uh overhaul like you know yeah I, f- I forget what it's called Anyways, I know what you mean yeah that was happening then in June of 2008 Kristen comes out of her artificial coma. She is doing much better. She is well enough to join, to be reunited and joins her mom and her siblings. And then they all are moved to a secret location and given brand new identities. Oh, good. So up until even now, this year, 2021, we do not know their new identities at all. Good. so they
1: deserve that. Oh, they
0: deserve that 100%. And Austria has done an incredible job of protecting that. And you'll hear more about like where they're living now, but like even the whole town protects this family. Oh, so, good. yeah, it's actually it's pretty pretty neat. October um of 2008 Fritzel is declared mentally stable to stand trial. Um, he had a court-ordered psychiatric evaluation, and they determined that the now 73-year-old was lucid and um, and able to go through with a complete trial. Good. They did discover that he does have a profound personality disorder. Oh. Oh, really? That's odd. He seems like such a great guy. <laughs> profound personality disorder? I oh, just... so
1: he's, he's like... He has problems? That's I just, odd. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he was completely sane for doing this yeah. bullshit, but okay.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, in the indictment, it was stated that he would tell Elizabeth and the children that he had installed a system so that the doors would give them electric shocks if they tried to open them, and that poison would be released into the cellar if they tried to escape, killing them all instantly. Oh, so that's one of the ways he kept the children from even attempting to even touch the doors.
1: OK, but how many times do you think Elizabeth sat there just contemplating whether
0: it would Ending be better it. to yeah.
1: just, for her and her yeah. children?
0: Yeah, I would have. I would have been like, you know what? I, but then I don't think I would have enjoyed knowing I would be electrocuted as well. But fuck, I mean, 24 years of my father doing awful things to me, I right. guess a little electrocution wouldn't be so bad. I don't Probably. know. I don't know. Um, so he was officially charged with the murder of one of the seven children. And if he was found guilty just for that charge, it was going to be a lifelong imprisonment. But Was
1: it murder... I mean, he didn't murder the child, but it was like a neglect thing because he didn't.
0: I don't know what degree murder it was, but the fact that the child was alive and breathing when it was born because it was Elizabeth confirmed. Yeah, that child was breathing because it was alive for several days. Um, I think uh, failure to, you know, provide provide proper medical attention. Yeah, Yeah. uh, I think is considered, yeah, murder. Right. Would that be manslaughter?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Negligent homicide? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. So um, he was also, in addition to that, charged with enslavement, false imprisonment, incest, rape, false coercion. And so the trial was set for March 16th. Um, Monday, March 16th, 2009, trial starts. They actually had to prepare a lot. For the awful testimony that would be heard during this trial. So doctors and counselors were actually kept on hand for anyone, whether jury or people in the courtroom that day disturbed by any of the evidence they were about to hear.
1: So like, yeah,
0: they kept... Actual doctors and actual counselors on hand during the entire trial, just in case anybody needed assistance. Like if it was just too much for them, they also kept four replacement jurors on hand and available in case any of the jurors throughout any part of the trial were like, I can't do this anymore. And so there was four replacement jurors that sat in and listened to the trial as well in case one of the other jurors couldn't handle it anymore.
1: And, you know, they were probably doing that to cover their bases so that there was nothing that would be in their way for a mistrial because of the jury.
0: Exactly. Every time this douche canoe Fritzel would arrive at the courthouse or was in the presence of cameras in the courtroom, he would cover his face with this blue three-ring binder the whole time because he is a coward and a trash- just awful trash monster soul dumb i can't even i hate him
1: like he doesn't want to face any of what he did so he's just gonna sit there and hide behind his stupid piece of blue cardboard
0: yeah and i'm surprised his eyebrows even allowed for that because (laughs) i feel like they have their own personality what about the eyebrows yeah he's awful so the trial, actually, you would think this trial was a long one, but it was actually short and not why you would fake. So at the start of the trial, Yosef pleads guilty to incest in addition to the other four charges, but he denies the murder and the enslavement charge on the first day. He's like, yeah, he deny yes. enslavement. Yeah, he's like, I did everything else, but I didn't kill that kid, and I. I'm, they I'm, were down there. I'm yeah, voluntarily. Yeah, I deny enslavement. So, Christiane Burkheiser, the prosecuting lawyer, she described the cellar as Fritzl's playground, where uh, he used his daughter like a toy. Um, is Mm, what she tells the juries, Yeah. Or the jury. She also says this to the jury, imagine living underground in a damp space, just 11 meters square. So that's now they're saying 118 square feet. Uh, that's the little room that he kept Elizabeth in basically the whole time. Yeah. The same size as the jury bench, kitted out with just a wash basin, a sleeping corner, No warm water, no shower, no heating, and worst of all, no daylight.
1: This is the box from you.
0: Yeah, this is where she was for 24 years. That's
1: awful. So, like, this, uh, I mean... There were a bunch of chambers down there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was there really no shower in any of them?
0: Um, in one of the pictures you are going to see that we'll have up, uh, there is what looks sort of like a shower area that I think the, the children used. Elizabeth was kept in this chamber and the mm-hmm. children were able to go into the other chambers.
1: Did she have that leash around her neck the entire 24 no, years? No, I don't think the entire okay.
0: 24 years, yeah.
1: But she probably was terrified enough that oh, she yeah. didn't even try leaving yeah. where she was supposed to be.
0: Exactly. Uh, the jury also heard that um, the only air Elizabeth received in her chamber was through the gaps in the wall. That was the only air she received. Yosef shopped outside of town for all the clothes and the food that he provided for Elizabeth and her children. And actually remember I told you in part one, Yosef, Uh, Had a lot of properties that he owned right so he would use that as an excuse to like when he would go on his trips to Thailand or leave town and it was on those trips out of town where he would purchase the bulk of the items that he was going to take down to the seller so that no one locally would raise any eyebrows as to why why is he buying all this baby stuff why is he buying all these clothes why is he getting this extra food you know. And if at any point Elizabeth resisted to any of the sexual advances after the children were born, were born uh, Yosef would abuse the children. So if Elizabeth tried to fight back, then he would just be like, "All right," and he'd take one of the children and abuse them. He would actually have sex with Elizabeth in front of the children just to humiliate her sometimes as well.
1: And not even thinking what that would do to the children. Oh, my
0: gosh. I mean, these poor kids. So the jury heard evidence from four witness experts in addition to Elizabeth. Um, They did hear from Elizabeth. It was videotaped, though, so just know that. She didn't have to, like, give testimony directly in front of them.
1: Oh, so they recorded it beforehand and they played the tape for the jury. Yeah, they
0: had 11 hours of tape of wow. Elizabeth's testimony. And not all of it was played. But they had a technical electrical uh, mechanic who inspected the dungeon in the prison and the complex locking system that he had kept to keep them down there. So he mm-hmm. testified to the jury how like complex that was, how difficult that was. They had a general technician testify, a psychiatrist, and a neonatal, neo Neonatologist to testify. uh, And I think that was because of the twins and one of the twins dying of respiratory distress. So I think that neonatologist was kind of like this, they were twins. They were probably premature, you know, Uh, two days later, he suddenly changes his plea to, he, he says, okay, yes, you can have me on negligent homicide and enslavement. Okay. So for what
1: we kind of thought. Yeah,
0: what we kind of thought. So two days later, this was after trial started. He suddenly wants to change his plea. Remember, because he said, I will not I do not uh, plead guilty to enslavement and I do not plead guilty to homicide. So why the change after just two days? it was said that after the two days of trial, which included him watching Elizabeth testify via via videotape, Mm -hmm. it impacted him psychologically. He was, yeah, yeah, he was impacted by that. Um, And like I said before, you know, prosecutors had 11 hours of videotape ready from Elizabeth that they were prepared to share. But after Yosef watched some of that that day, he immediately asked to see his psychologist in his cell, and then he gave another full confession and changed his plea.
1: There's something that he didn't want coming out.
0: I, I don't know. So under Austrian law, admission of guilt is not enough to pronounce a guilty verdict. So they would still have to consider more evidence. So, okay. I think he thought he could stop the trial after he was like, okay, fine, yeah, I did it. You know, maybe he was trying to, like you said, maybe there was something else, or he just didn't want to hear it and didn't want other people to hear it. But I think he didn't want other to people to hear yeah, it. So, uh-huh. they started playing
1: this tape from Elizabeth. And based on what she was already saying in that tape, it yeah. was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Everything is going to come out. I need to stop this right now. Yeah. I don't want people hearing this. Yeah. So he wasn't taking ownership of no. his no. actions. Uh-uh. He was protecting himself.
0: He was. And so they heard some more testimony. And then the next day, the lawyers gave their closing statements. And then um, the jury of eight, had to give the verdict. And then they also decide on the sentence the jury does in Austria. You know how here the judge, the judge decides the sentencing jury. Not in
1: every state. There are some juries. Oh, that decide decide it. it?
0: Okay. Well,
1: depending on what the charges are
0: and uh, what state you're in. And yeah. Yeah. So in Austria, with the guidance of three other judges, they decide um, the sentence and I'm glad
1: they have judges in there to help.
0: Yeah. With that. Exactly. Now, you know what's weird? After he changed his plea, after those two days, he starts to come to
1: court without the blue binder. That's because now he's some kind of respectable
0: human being in his own eyes. For Or now he's fully exposed. Like, there's no point in holding that binder and or maybe he feels like well now they'll respect me i, I just admitted right, to right because i said i did it i yeah. don't need to hide anymore there's nothing to yeah. hide what a
1: weirdo everything he does is for selfish
0: reasons yeah so during closing statements and during questioning prior to the closing statements uh fritzel was asked why he did not do more to save the baby and fritzel responded I just overlooked it. I thought the baby was going to survive. I should have realized. It was only yesterday I realized for the first time how cruel I was to Elizabeth. I never realized it before. You didn't realize it
1: now, you dumbass.
0: What? You, after 24 years and having sex with your daughter over and over, raping your daughter over and over again, fathering seven children with her, you only now realize... He
1: doesn't realize he's lying out his
0: ass so that he can save his public image. Oh, my gosh. So his lawyers, though, still tried to convince the jury that he wasn't a monster. They were just basically like, you know what? This guy made bad choices. But in the end, in the end, you guys, he managed to care for two families. What? Yeah, that that was their whole. They're like, here's a takeaway for you. Think about it. He like provided for both. That is no. that sounds like a an upstanding no. gentleman to me. Yeah. So they were like, would you call someone like that a monster? Yes. Uh yes, we would, people. Yes, we would. Yeah. Um, so as for the why, why he did all of this, this is what his defense team kind of pieced together for everyone. Uh, they said that Fritzel built the dungeon for security reasons and that he felt that Elizabeth was growing up very differently than the other children that she drank and stayed out all night and ran away several times prior to her imprisonment. And so he did this for her protection and that, and I quote, he actually meant well. No. Yes. He actually meant well. Okay. So if my daughter is suddenly doing things I don't approve of, maybe I'm going to take away her phone and ground her or take the Mm -hmm. car away. I am definitely not going to enslave her in an underground bunker for 24 years. So he actually meant well. He actually meant well.
1: It's like they didn't even try well, to I, come up with a reason.
0: These people that wanted to be his defense team, I mean, I I don't know how you defend someone like that. So for sentencing, he obviously was sentenced to life in prison prison. Persian, in March of 2009. Um, he is currently in the Stein prison in Austria, in the unit for the criminally insane. Wait,
1: why is he in the unit for the criminally insane when he was deemed lucid
0: to stand trial? Yeah. I think because... Like, Did he
1: fake going crazy after he was locked up?
0: No, but I think um, it's generally known that you're not Sane if you do something like this. I don't know. It says the unit for the criminally insane. Maybe. Well, his behavior now is a little odd. So he's okay. otherwise known as HNR 90632 in prison. Good. Take his name away. Mm-hmm. And he, oh no, wait. He <laughs> is separated from other prisoners, but he was granted a name change. Why? To Yosef May. R- Mayerhoff. Mayerhoff? Uh-huh. Um. He actually paid, uh, what was it? He paid $652.68 to have his uh, name changed. This was in 2017, by the way.
1: I mean, if everybody knows what his name is, what's the point in changing it, exactly. his name?
0: I don't know. Um, he's totally withdrawn, does not talk to others, barely leaves his cell. He is hated by the other inmates so i think that's why i think the other like the officers in there are like good because you know he yeah
1: every time a new guy comes in you know every person in that jail is like you know who that guy is (laughs) let me
0: tell you well and his eyebrows give him away too so i so (laughs) if he thinks he's gonna disguise himself with the name change
1: No name change can hide those eyebrows. Let's do a little
0: grooming. Let's do a little waxing, Yosef. You know what, Yosef? (laughs) Fuck you and your eyebrows. Exactly. Um, He actually is said to have dementia right now. There are several who he's granted interviews to in the past. And the people who have interviewed him are like, yeah, this guy has zero remorse. He even suggested in one of the interviews that, uh, like... If you do a little research and look around, I am pretty sure there are other men who are keeping secret families in cellars. Like, he basically was like, I, "Like this isn't an uncommon thing, guys. Like, like as if this is like a normal, everyday thing. And you, I could just imagine,
1: <laughs> not now because he has no one on his side, but can you imagine if he was saying this kind of stuff during trial and the defense attorney was like, Yosef, sh-.
0: Yeah, exactly. Stop. Just be quiet. Just don't say that. Just just shut up. <laughs> His eyebrows are probably like shut up. It's not normal, dude. In <laughs> um, what world is that normal? I don't know. But what there there was one amazing day in March of 2016 where Yosef lost several teeth after getting into a fight with an other inmate who actually, this is, okay, I'm going to die. But uh, this other inmate set up a fake online dating profile for Yosef. The <laughs> for, catfish too? Yeah. So first of all, like, how are how do they have access to dating profiles is a little concerning to me, but yes, that happened in March 16th. Oh my god. So he was roughed up a little bit, thank goodness. Uh um, lost some teeth. Yes. Now he is basically 85 years old and just waiting to die in prison. As for Rosemary, she was never charged with anything. Um, she fled the family home and divorced Yosef, like, very shortly after all of this came out. She probably couldn't divorce him fast enough. If I were her, that would be me too. Yeah. And
1: I'm not sure that she would really deserve to be charged with anything. Like, given how fast she divorced him, I don't think she knew anything was going on.
0: You know, and a lot of people, she, she claims she knew nothing. Police had a little bit of trouble accepting that she was completely ignorant. Of all of this, um, she maintains though that she knew nothing of the cellar or that Elizabeth was down there. Um, but wasn't Yosef abusive to her too? She Not was as, much as he was to Elizabeth. She but- was, and he, and remember, he had convinced her in the very beginning that that the police believed that Elizabeth joined a cult. So he fed that to her and she was believing that too. And then she also had the, the letter from Elizabeth, uh, right after she disappeared. And then the letters with the babies. So I, I do believe that Elizabeth had no idea or Elizabeth Rosemary had no idea that any of this was going on. Um, I was married to a guy once that was building a whole chicken coop on the side of the house, and I had no idea. So what? if she, yes, one day, one day, I, I came outside, and I was like, oh, wow, we have 12 chickens in a very large chicken coop. So now okay. you know why that ended. anyways, uh, <laughs> that just gives you a tiny little glimpse into that. Yeah uh, <laughs> But um, she believed that Elizabeth was just gone and and just ran away, and she didn't ask questions when the baby showed up because there was a note from Elizabeth. Now, Yosef would head down to the cellar almost every morning at 9 a.m., and she thought he was down there to draw plans for the machines he sold. I mean, if that's his morning
1: routine every day to go yeah. downstairs. Yeah, like, why are you
0: going to question that? Yeah. He's going to work. He yeah. has an office down there. He goes to work. Uh, exactly, and occasionally he would spend the night down there. Um, Rosemary's sister, Christine, said that um, sometimes when Yosef would spend whole evenings in the cellar, rosemary really wouldn't question it and she wouldn't question it because a he would do that often and b he basically like told her never come down to the cellar this is where i'm working and so she just thought he was a dedicated working man you know because again he was still providing for her and the family and so it's not like he was neglecting that part of his life.
1: Right. And I mean, it's not like he had a job where he went and clocked a nine to five. He owned property and he he worked for himself. And yeah. that's not always a 40-hour-a-week job. That can be a lot more sometimes.
0: Yeah. Sometimes she would be like, do you, do you want me to bring me some coffee down there? And he would be like, no, you, no, you are not allowed down here. So, um, yeah. So... Any time any noises were heard in the cellar by Rosemary or the children above or the tenants that were also living in this duplex, it was explained away as faulty piping or a a noisy heater. Christine um, describes her sister as just someone who was dominated and belittled for the better part of like 40 years by Fritzl. And that you know, kind of like, l- let's feel sorry for Rosemary. Like she didn't know she was, she was just dominated by this guy and she didn't have enough self-confidence to question anything, right? She just believed everything he said.
1: I mean, she wasn't allowed to question anything. It's whatever yeah. he says is yeah what goes.
0: And this was her life. This was her life. So when she was finally reunited with Elizabeth for the first time after her release, it was said to have been obviously a very emotional reunion. And Rosemary told Elizabeth, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. And I'm not quite sure if Elizabeth believes her or not. But I don't know. That's Elizabeth honestly can feel however she wants. I give her full permission to yeah. this, this girl can, I don't care what she feels. She can, any feeling she has is the correct feeling. Um, now, this actually makes me sad, but Rosemary lives alone and she tries to sell homemade handbags and paintings of flowers at street fairs to kind of supplement her income um, because now she's alone. So that kind of makes sense. And
1: you know, enough people probably think that she was in on it that they don't really want to support her.
0: Yeah. Elizabeth and her children, they all live together. Like I said, they were granted new identities that have never been revealed. They live in a secret Austrian village known as Village X there are only a few other people that live there but they are all in with the police to help protect the family. I so love there's that. like a common community agreement that we are here to protect the family. They live in a brightly painted two-story home there. Now at the beginning when they first moved in there, the children slept in their own rooms but none of like none of them wanted the doors closed. They all wanted the doors open. They oh, none yeah. of them they all feared closing their doors. They have gone through extensive weekly therapy sessions, obviously. And the home is under constant CCTV surveillance and police patrol because they don't want press. They don't want media. They don't want anyone coming up to the family or trying to gain access to the family. Yeah. So just the way Austria has protected this family is is just awesome.
1: Like they are doing witness protection, right?
0: Oh, yes, definitely. So um, the family obviously does not allow interviews of any kind. Those that know the family um, say they are very happy in the village. They smile and say hello. The very last photo of Elizabeth to exist um, that we have seen is when she was 16 years old.
1: There wow. is
0: no photos of her currently. And it would be considered a crime if someone from the media snapped a photo of her now and posted it somewhere. So wow. the, you will never see any pictures of Elizabeth or the children at I don't all. I like that. Yeah. The kids were, you know, once they moved to that village, were going to school and working hard. They were kind of like reintroduced to normal life. Australian, Australian Austrian authorities gave her 54,000 euros, which equals to about $65,000 in American money um, in child allowance that she was denied during her time in the cellar.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: So, yeah. Um, in the beginning, there was a slight divide and some tension between the children that lived above and the children that lived below with Elizabeth in the cellar.
1: I but, can understand that.
0: Yeah, but that has since kind of went away more recently uh it was revealed that elizabeth actually fell in love with uh, the bodyguard that was assigned to protect her. Oh, that's so so cute. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Isn't that cute? And uh, uh, several articles did say his name. I just didn't want to mention his name on here. Yeah, definitely. But he was 23 years younger than she is. And a lot of people have said that this just gave her renewed strength and helped her in her journey to normalcy. Um, And he actually lives with Elizabeth and her children now. So uh, they're together. The children are now between the ages of, um, 32 and 18. So, uh, there are, there's some adults and younger kids and they're just as happy as they can be just adjusting to life, you know, um, Kristen, Stefan and Felix, the three children who lived entirely underground, here are a couple of updates about them. Kristen is 32 now and she loves music and clothes. It said Stefan is 31 and he wants to be a captain of a ship. And Felix actually attends school still um, among his peers. And he actually remembers nothing of the past at all. And how old is Felix? Uh, Felix, I want to say is the youngest. He's, Uh, so this was, he's, I think he's 18. Okay. Yeah. I think he was seven or eight when he came up. Okay. And then Lisa, Monica and Alexander, the children that were, um, brought up with Elizabeth's mother, Monica is actually preparing to go to university. Lisa was in school and finishing up exams in this update that I read. That was actually just from 2020. And Alexander is actually getting um, his mechanical engineering apprenticeship right now.
1: Oh. so And which because is there's no photos of these children. Zero. Um, yeah. And their identities were changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're
0: able to exist a little bit easier yeah, out exactly. in public. Yeah, Yeah. And like their names. Yeah. Their names have never been released. Pictures have never been released. Um, You know, so that's why we refer to them as the names they had at birth, because uh, because, yeah, I think they're they're pretty well protected and as it should be. So now we're just waiting for um, asshole to die. And I think it'd be a pretty good. Pretty good day. That day, you know, it's probably gonna be like when,
1: um, God, who's that fuckwad from Australia that just died recently? Ivan Malat. When Ivan Malat died,
0: oh, oh, there you oh. go. Oh,
1: okay. what was who was he? He was the backpacker murderer in Australia, yes, yes, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, when he died, everyone was freaking ecstatic about it. I feel like when this dude dies, everyone is going to be so excited about it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I'm going to be so, so happy. But, okay. So, yeah. So, that is Josef Fritzl, the douche canoe from Austria who needs to be um, strangled with his own eyebrows.
1: Yeah, I don't care about him. Um I'm very happy that Elizabeth and her children are being very well taken care of. Um yeah, and that they are doing well. I think that's yeah. what they deserve, honestly. And
0: you know what I'm happy about? I'm happy that all of this information is now with you oh, yeah. and not living in my head like it's been for the past couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So I guess there was a movie on Lifetime that was based on this case as well that I need to watch. It was called The The Girl in the Basement or something like that. Oh. Yeah. I haven't watched lifetime movies in a good long time. I haven't either. I, I need to... to like them. I, I oh, need... I loved them when I was younger. Loved yeah. them. Watch them with my mom all the time. Yeah, so I need to. I need to find it. But yeah, there you go. Enjoy that little nugget of joy. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, no problem. I guess
1: this is one of those stories that like. Everyone knows it. They're like, oh, yeah, the guy who kept his family in the basement. But, like, I, the, I think because everyone knows it, I never really bothered to look into it. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that I just didn't know about this, like um, how long she was down there.
0: 24 yeah. years. That's a long time.
1: Yeah. And actually, um, it's interesting. You chose an infamous case because the one that I am doing next week is another one of those that everyone knows it and they take the knowledge for granted. So no one ever really looks into it. Um, it's it, very interesting. It's so different than what you probably think
0: it is. Oh yeah. 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 So there you go. So I'll carry that around for a week. Yeah. Until you tell me the next story.
1: And then it it's better turn. be,
0: it better be as disturbing as this one.
1: In a different way, not disturbing, but it's uh, infuriating.
0: Oh, gosh, I like disturbing. Come on. I
1: like infuriating because <laughs> I need somewhere to direct my rage.
0: <laughs> well, then what does that say about mine? I need somewhere to direct my disturb We need to get you on Dark Fetish Net.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Keep me away. Keep me away. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. Uh, We'll see everybody next week.
0: Yes, we will. Bye. Goodbye.
1: Kat and I are so grateful for all of our listeners and we love hearing from you guys. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Alternative Interest Podcast and let us know your thoughts on this week's case. We want to cover the things that you guys want to hear. So please email us your case suggestions at alternativeinterestpodcast at gmail.com. As always, thank you so much for listening and sharing us with your friends. Be good to each other and we'll see you next week.